0: The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K.
1: Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K. Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E-The Letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast going to discuss. The reasons why the Denver Broncos will beat the Tennessee Titans. So I'll just come out right now, right out of the gate. We're coming in hot. 27-19. 27-19. I think this Denver Broncos team takes care of the Tennessee Titans uh, in, in a game where Tennessee scores maybe a little bit later to make it look closer than it actually was, but I think Denver walks away with a win. I'm going to tell you why on the podcast today, but first our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a uh, hop, skip, and a jump away from course Field. 70 Colorado beers on Tap 100, Colorado Distilled Spirits. I was up on the rooftop earlier this week, and I tell you what, great views of the Denver skyline, and I tell you what, good people as well too. Too. And of course, you know the good drink. 70 Colorado beers on Tap 100 different Colorado distilled spirits from some of my favorite places around town. Make sure to go check it out over there at Tap 14. Spell out the word for me. Uh, spell out the word 14 for me, tap14.com. So talking with me today, contributor to MileHighSports.com, as you regularly hear him on the podcast, that would be Jake Peterson. Of course, you can find him on Twitter. Where can at, they find you on Twitter, Jake? Hey? I'm at JKP303. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. Let's talk about why this Denver Broncos team takes care of business on Sunday and beats the Tennessee Titans. But but maybe initially, and I, I want to say this: I think this is a big pendulum game for the Denver Broncos because look, this is a game that could really dictate um how this, this season sways, okay? At one in five, this is a team that basically invalidates their win against the Chargers. Basically says, okay, well, they got lucky one game, and the Chargers were just not playing good because they can't beat a Tennessee team. They can't beat a bad uh, Chicago Bears team. Quite frankly, I don't think the Jaguars are very good either. Um, you could talk about the, the calls or whatever. The bottom line is they lost those four games. Um, but a Chargers win or a, a win against the Titans here validates that Chargers win and says, okay, well, you know what? Maybe this team just went through a funk. They had some bad little, um, you know, situational moments where they it didn't go their way, but it kind of validates things. And then all of a sudden, look, Gimpy like Mahomes comes in against the Chargers or against the Chiefs. Um, the Colts look like a winnable game. The Browns look like a winnable game. And then all of a sudden, maybe you look at that season schedule totally differently. Um, but I think it's also how they win this game as well too. One of my big reasons why I think Denver does take care of business in this game. Is I think you're going to see them look like a offense that continually improves week after week. This is a this is a offense that look. Rich gangrello I've talked about this in the previous podcast. He looked bad at opening night. Okay? Make no mistake, swinging gate, Noah Fant handoff, it was all stupid. It was dumb, stupid. I think it was uh, maybe a offensive coordinator a little geeked out, maybe trying to overthink the defense, and um, it just didn't work out. Since then, you have seen a methodical progression from Rich Gangarello in doing what he knows works. I know a lot of people are asking for aggression in the second half, but can you blame him for being a bit conservative when you're up three possessions? You know, it's like when you're up three possessions in the second half, yeah, you're going to run the ball a little bit more. You're not going to try to air it out deep threats. So, look, he's going to find places to pick and choose where he needs to kind of stab those daggers. He's only going to find that feel by coaching more and so far I think the progression has been very very solid. I I really like Rich Gangarello to take another step in this game because he has shown progressively so far that he's been able to do so from week 1 to week 5.
0: Yeah, the offense is definitely
1: I think what we've seen is that it's just simplified.
0: Yeah. That's that's the big key for them and I I think my big reason why the Broncos are going to win, the Titans offense just isn't they're just not a great offense. There's not a whole lot about that offense that really scares me. You know, Derek, Derek uh, Henry, is, he's a pretty solid running back. He's all right. I, um, I don't think anybody puts him in the top ten. No, but, he's, but I, he's, I think he's, he's, he's good. A, he's
1: an okay, he's a serviceable running yeah, back.
0: Yeah, he's good. And and outside of that, I mean, Delaney Walker has been around for, it feels like, I don't know, 70, 80 years.
1: And remember, a, this is a Delaney Walker also who is questionable for the game as well, too.
0: Yeah, and that's a huge, that's a huge thing. If, if he doesn't play, that just opens up your defense even more. And so,
1: so so Jake, you're telling me that uh Corey Davis, uh Adam Humphreys, uh Tajay Sharp, they they don't uh really they don't they don't scare you very much? No. no? not not at all. Okay. Not all really. Right. And this this Broncos defense, you know,
0: on paper is just better than the Titans offense. You know, Von Miller, uh Chris Harris Jr., Justin Simmons. This is gonna be a game where you could see some kind of stat pattern. You know, you could okay. see Vaughn get a couple sacks. You could see Chris Harris Jr. coming down with a pick. You can see some turnovers coming out of this game for the Broncos. And I think that's honestly the biggest reason why this, the Broncos will win this Sunday. Well,
1: one of the weapons that I did not mention was A.J. Brown, who's their rookie wide receiver, who is their leading receiver yards-wise, uh, also has a team lead tied for touchdowns with two. Look, it's a, uh, 19 uh, targets, 12 catches, 250 yards. So he's a little bit more of a deeper threat. Uh, this is not somebody I think that is by all means somebody who Denver should be scared of, but has been their best threat. But you got to think that Chris Harris Jr. and for all the discussion that I I don't know what Keenan Allen is smoking over there. I mean, they, he's got some strong ganjo over there because um, he was absolutely shut down. Like yes, he Chris was Harris Jr. to the tune of what four catches, 18 yards, something yep. like that. Um, but yet he says he can't hold his jock strap by, okay, all right. Um, I, I got to imagine that if A.J. Brown is being locked up by Chris Harris Jr., that he's not really going to be effective. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this is, this is a Titans offense that, look, if you contain their run, their run game with, with their best option in Derrick Henry, I can't imagine they score a ton of points.
0: No, and, and the other part about this Titans offense that is leaky is their offensive line. Marcus Mariota's taken twenty two sacks in five games. He's had only one game where he hasn't been sacked at all. Last week he got sacked nine times by the Bills. That's a lot. Uh, especially for a quarterback like Mariota who Quite likes to use his legs and run around a lot. And and you've got a, you know, a pass rush that includes Malik Reed, Von Miller, Derek Wolf off the line there. I, man, that's just that's just a recipe for disaster.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, it, and jump away from Coors Field. All right. One of my big things that's really standing out to me, and this is something that Denver absolutely has control over. And this is, if you will, and in, in my eyes, a little bit of death by inches. Look, they're going to win this game if they don't turn the ball over. Uh, this is a team that. You cannot shoot yourselves in the foot, okay? You win the turnover battle, and this is a game that they should win. This is also a team that you know almost beat Green Bay. Had they not, you know, had no offense, not given the ball away, had Joe Flacco not had the ball slip out of his hands because of the weather, should be clear skies. This is a perfect situation for for you to be at home, establish a winning streak, and don't beat yourself because that's. Those are always the toughest losses because it's, you know, this is a Tennessee Titans team that, you know, comes in with a better record. But, again, I think on paper there's a lot more talent on this Denver team and you could make the arguments that their record should be better. I mean, quite frankly, the NFL literally came out and said, yeah, we kind of jobbed the Broncos. They literally admitted that they made the wrong call in the Chicago game. So this is a um, Broncos team that, You know, I think if you just take care of business, this is a take. It's funny that we're saying this about a one and four game or one and four football team. This is a take care of business football game for them against the Titans. Coming on uh, um, at home, coming off the win, you're arguably a better team in just about every facet. Um, And look, let's take a peek at the teams that Tennessee has beaten because Tennessee at two and three. Um, has beaten the browns, which a lot of people don't think is is. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, people put a lot of stock in that anymore as the Browns have kind of really fallen off a lot. Yeah. And they being the Falcons, okay? The Falcons are not a good team anymore, all right? And, and I know everybody wants to talk about Matt Ryan and, you know, that offense and yada, yada, yada. The Falcons are just not a very good team. And their loss is coming against a, a good Buffalo team, uh, you know, teams with talent that have beaten them, the Jaguars and the Colts. So... This is a Buffalo team, I think, that is very vulnerable and ripe for the picking as long as Denver just doesn't beat themselves.
0: Yeah, 100%. Just, it's that death by inches thing. It's the stupid penalties. It's not just the turnovers. It's you know, the big you know, pass interference call sure. late in the game. or you know, Getting caught out of
1: position and needing to catch up. you gotta got to grab a little bit on yeah. it, A.J. Brown. You, know, you exactly. can't have that. You
0: know? No, not at all, and that's, that's a big thing. I think another big reason why this Broncos team wins, at least in my mind, is the emergence of Cortland Sutton as a huge playmaker on this offense. And we all want to see, you know, Skangarella said yesterday he wants to feed Emmanuel Sanders the rock. And I get it. Emmanuel Sanders is a, you know, he's a pretty dynamic football player. But I don't know if anybody saw the 70-yard touchdown that Cortland Sutton scored last week, uh, the same one that I saw. You know what? I think I did see that. Uh, yeah,
1: it was. I think it, I did see that on Instagram. He replay.
0: looked like a dynamic playmaker yeah. on that one. He well, pro- and,
1: and more so than anything, the two broken tackles.
0: Exactly. Big deal. And that's, especially from a wide receiver – that's a huge deal. So, the emergence of a guy like that, now teams are like, oh, do, do we cover Emmanuel Sanders or, or should we cover Cortland
1: Sutton? Do or, you think that pendulum is swinging? I think to where so. The defensive coordinators are now thinking, okay, well, uh, maybe we're swaying away from Emmanuel Sanders and now more towards Cortland Sutton? I, I think it's
0: starting to become not necessarily more towards Cortland Sutton, but a 50 50 split. Of, both, Both of a, these guys. Which is a
1: big deal because I don't think we've ever been there.
0: No. And yeah. it's it's been a long time uh, since I can remember something like that. Mm-hmm. So if you're a defensive coordinator now all of a sudden, you know, last week I think Cortland Sutton had such a great game. You know, Emmanuel Sanders only had, I think, one or two targets in that game, period. Yeah. Yeah. It was just not a lot. And I think teams have been keying in on Emmanuel Sanders and just saying, Look, if we shut them down and make Joe Flacco have to throw to Cortland Sutton in these tight ends, then we're gonna have a chance. Well now it's sort of well. Okay, Courtland Sutton made that big play, so let's cover him. You're going to leave Emmanuel Sanders one-on-one with somebody? I'll take that matchup every day. Uh, okay, well, now, now we need to, you know, find that help with Emmanuel Sanders and Courtland Sutton. Okay, so you're going to leave a tight end open? Joe Flacco loves his tight ends. He loves exposing the middle of the field and the middle of the defense. So now, you know, all right, let's just cover those guys. Okay, Phillip Lindsay now, out of the backfield, whether he's getting, the pa- you know, from a pass or from the run. Okay, so now where do you stop? it opens up options.
1: Uh, I want want to talk about one impact position when it comes to this team, Um, you know, because look, they've dealt with injuries and, and they've dealt with um, players that really have uh, just not performed and they needed to be benched. Uh, So I want to talk about this one impact situation uh, on this team regards, because it kind of ties in with the Broncos defense playing against that Titans offense. Uh, We'll do that next. So again, it's the Broncos Blitz podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. At Ronnie K Radio, Jake Peterson, contributor of MileHighSports.com. Joining me, Jake, where can they follow you on Twitter? I am at JKP303. The uh, Denver Broncos are dealing with a bit of a conundrum, if you will. Maybe that's the word to use. At cornerback, we're talking about Chris Harris Jr. as the beacon, and then everything else has kind of been iffy. You've dealt with Bryce Callahan's injury the whole entire year. You've dealt with poor play from Isaac Yadam the whole entire year. What are you doing if you are Vic Fangio after Chris Harris Jr.? Because we've started to see the emergence of uh, Devontae Harris, uh, who, quite frankly, a couple weeks ago, I didn't even know was on the roster, um, who you've had to de- dive into because of I- Isaac Yadam's poor play. Obviously, the the ideal uh, fill-in for Yadam was Devontae Bosby, who is now obviously out with the uh, very, very scary injury. Um. What do you do if you are Vic Fangio? Are you trying to shove Isaac Adam back out there, seeing if the third round pick can play, or uh, are, are is your ship sailed here? Because I I think about this Titans offense and look, they're going to move guys around, uh, and particularly we just talked about AJ Brown, who may end up you know playing out of the slot and running some deep routes. Who knows? Is a guy who averages twenty yards per catch, and you just hate to see the idea of somebody getting. An opportunity on a one-on-one situation against somebody not named Chris Harris Jr. Who are your? What's your plan there when it comes to this Broncos secondary uh, this Sunday against Tennessee?
0: I think, honestly, I think it's kind of the okay. This is your last chance, Isaac Yadam Yeah. deal, and this is this might be the perfect game to do that in. You're not throwing them out there against you know world beaters on on uh, receiving. You know we listed them off: Adam Humphreys and Tajay Sharp, and none of those names are you know, names that should necessarily beat you. So if you're looking for a game to get Isaac Yadam, and if he doesn't play well, then Devontae Harris, if you're looking for a game to get those guys comfortable and confident in their play, this is the perfect game. And so, you know, maybe you help them out a little bit over the top with guys like Simmons and Jackson. Um, But I I say you kind of just let them, at least in the, you know, first half, let them be on that island and let them get their confidence back and put some, you know put some pressure on through the pass rush, um, you know, with Vaughn and Malik and everybody up front and let your cornerbacks gain some confidence. And if that doesn't work, then it starts becoming, you know, all right, Chris Harris, you're going to follow the the guy around. And then we're just going to bracket everybody else through, you know, safety help over the top, which is kind of unfortunate because that takes away the playmaking ability for Kareem Jackson and, and for Justin Simmons and Parks and the safeties. But, if that's what you got to do, then that's what you got to do.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you that this is kind of a last ditch effort, um, last chance to be at least competent. And again, I don't need to see somebody who is straight shut down, blanket corner. I just need to see competency. You know, I, I can't see the consistent penalties and if it's not the penalties then it's the deep passes allowed. I, I just I need to see competency. I need to see that you can hold your own. Because if it can't happen then it's it's looking like this team needs to go another way with Isaac Yadem. But maybe you're right, is that, look, there are some weaker options here and there may be some opportunities to make some plays, and hopefully the pass rush can get to Marcus Mariota and maybe that changes up the game because, look, they've dealt with injuries all year long. And I think that's really kind of honestly the only reason why Isaac Adams is still out a chance is because of the fact that they have been weak with injuries, now hit with the Bosby situation. Obviously, Bryce Callahan has sat out basically the entire year. Um, this is a team that... They need all hands on deck basically because they're just so thin at the position and this has given him opportunities to at least show us something. Like anything. Please just show show us that you can competently play cornerback so that we can keep throwing you out there. Yeah. And
0: don't forget too the Broncos brought in Cody Sensabaugh this week. Mm-hmm. And that's another, you know, that's another push in the direction of, hey, Yadam or Harris or whoever, if you're not performing, we got another guy. We're going now. somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. So that's just another, another, you know, kind of push and say, hey, here you go. Now you got competition. We're going to put you out there. We're going to let you go one-on-one, let you gain some confidence. And if that doesn't work, we have another plan. Yeah. We have another guy, you know. Um, hopefully the injuries figure themselves out. Hopefully we can see Bryce Callahan soon. It doesn't sound like that's going to be a thing for at least another couple of weeks, which is unfortunate. But, you know, hopefully by the end of the year, we get to see this defense at full potential. Uh, we just we haven't seen that yet. And now with Bradley Chubb being out and just everything else, it just hasn't worked out for the Broncos defensively with injuries this year.
1: We've talked about all podcasts why this Broncos team will collect a win, so uh, give me the final score. What happens? I
0: think it's going to be 26-10 to Broncos. I think this defense just shuts down Tennessee. This offense just – it doesn't – nothing about it scares me. Nothing about it even excites me. You know, I used to be excited to get to watch Marcus Mariota play, and now we're – you know, this far in his career, and it's kind of like, uh, all right, uh, I'm not going to, you know, make a point to watch this guy. So I just think the offense is just that much better. I think that, you know, I, I honestly think the Broncos, if they win the coin toss, they're going to keep the ball. They're going to go out and score and put the pressure on right away. Yeah. And it's going to be like that from, you know, from the start. It's going to be like that all game. So give me twenty six ten Broncos.
1: All righty. Of course, it's the Broncos West Podcast. We'll be covering that game. And uh, by the way, I do want to note, for those fans who are going to the game, the Denver Broncos are encouraging you to be in the seats by 2 p.m. as uh, there's going to be a special top 100 team recognition. And then, of course, uh, at halftime, there is going to be a special ceremony as Pro Football Hall of Fame President and CEO David Baker, who, by the way, joined me on the podcast yesterday. So if you want to hear David Baker's interview with me, go check that out in the archives of wherever you listen to your podcast or at Uh President of the Pro Football Hall of Fame David Baker is going to present the Hall of Fame Rings of Excellence to Champ Bailey and to members of the Bolin family on behalf of the late owner Pat Bolin. So that's going to happen at halftime. And of course, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff going on with this uh, Team 100. Of course, the 100th year for the NFL and that celebration, a lot of stuff going on with the Hall of Fame. These guys getting their rings of excellence. So um, certainly a lot to um, enjoy outside of the game. And uh, if my predictions and Jake's predictions are correct, I think there's going to be a lot to enjoy inside the game as well, too, as I think the Denver Broncos take care of business this Sunday against Tennessee. So for the podcast, we're just about done. Appreciate you tuning in. Of course, you can check out previous archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com, where you can check out oh, our interview with uh, David Baker, CEO. You can talk about uh, or, or at least listen to some discussion about uh, Von Miller, his um, effectiveness. Is there a little bit of a rift between coach? I don't know. You can pre- check that out all in previous archives of the podcast. And be sure to do that at myliesports.com. That's myliesports.com. And if you're listening to this podcast for the very first time, just know that the podcast can be available well, on just about every possible platform that you can find it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, of course, right here at MileHighSports.com. And uh, a lot of great stuff in regards to uh, well, the podcast, a daily podcast covering the Denver Broncos. And, of course, I'll provide live updates on Twitter as we go on Sunday, live from M. Power Field at Mile High. Uh, Jake, of course, will be writing a couple pieces as well, too, a contributor to MileHighSports.com. Jake, where can they follow you on Twitter for your latest work? I'm at JKP303. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at RonnieKRadio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K radio on Twitter. We are all done for the podcast. We'll see you next time, a daily broadcast from the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. And, of course, you can find more info, player profiles, news discussions, breaking news as well, To it, MileHighSports.com. That's MileHighSports.com. See you, y'all. To listen
0: to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe
1: to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.